0: You're listening to the Young Adult Podcast. everybody welcome back to the young adult podcast milana and connor here what's
1: up oh yes we're back and we're in color this time
0: we're We're not in black and white with our live studio audience that was just
1: for you can now see our 100th episode
0: is not actually in the room with us
1: yeah they're behind us you can't see them they're behind (laughs) they're not on
0: they're not in the frame but they're here our live studio audience what have you been up to watching the bear i knew that's where this was going
1: (laughs) <laughs> watching the bear and my oh my is it such a good show
0: what is it even about just like a show. what isn't it about okay great.
1: um it is about <laughs> a guy who worked at i think it's the french laundry which is like a legit right like so one that's
0: of, like a real life restaurant
1: yes it's fictional though it's not real oh but he worked at a really nice restaurant his brother passes away and in his brother's will Leaves him sort of like the family restaurant, which is in Chicago, making Italian beef sandwiches. It's like a Chicago thing. But it'd be the equivalent of going like five-star restaurant to like a Holiday Inn or like a five-star hotel to Holiday Inn. Like it is a dive place. And long story short, he takes it over, helps manage it, tries to turn it around. And I don't want to end or ruin the end of season one. There's only two seasons. But what's it on? Hulu. Hulu. Okay. Yeah. But they uh, discover something, and it gives him the ability to possibly create his own restaurant, which him and his brother, who he was estranged from the past couple years of his life, always dreamed about doing a restaurant together as a kid. His last name is like Borowski or something like that. Is that where
0: Bear comes from? That's where the Bear
1: comes from. So they they want to call the restaurant The Bear. Um, And... Who knows? Maybe they get an opportunity to do that. I don't want to give too much away, but okay. it's freaking amazing.
0: Does it just like feed all the foodie food It's one of the best and-
1: foodie shows ever because the very limited experience I've had working in kitchens, it's like so accurate. Really? To everything from the language to the stress when you're super busy. Um, there's one episode that's so stressful just watching it, but like in the best way. <laughs> Um, I don't know. It's really cool. It's such a great show. So if you've never seen The Bear, um, I can't recommend watching it because it has curse words and yeah, we
0: don't condone. We don't that.
1: condone any type of cursing on this. No. Milana curses sometimes, but I don't. <laughs> um, but the bear is freaking amazing. So I've been watching The Bear and then I always watch i am watching Modern Family right now.
0: Love Modern Family, always a staple. Big it's time. A good one. Big time. Are okay. you watching
1: anything? or?
0: No, we're not watching TV right now for the month of August. So. That's
1: lame.
0: I know. But let me tell you, I've been on TikTok probably too much. So it probably does not cancel out. Okay, let me ask you this though. If you could live out your chef dreams, like in the bear, and have a kind of restaurant as a chef, what yeah, would it be?
1: Bruto, hands down.
0: You would just recreate Bruto?
1: I probably wouldn't create like the same menu, but I love the experience, like the idea of that. Yeah. So one of the tensions in the show is uh, one of the tensions in the show is that his sous chef really wants a Michelin star, and he's maintained three Michelin stars before. And basically, I think the tension I I don't want to give too much away, but is like you you kind of lose your ability to create what you want when you're trying to go for a star because they have, like, certain requirements. Okay. So, like, Bruto, for instance, is one of the best dining experience I've ever had because the food is as creative as you can possibly get. It's inventive. They're always trying new things, but it's not pretentious. And to be a Michelin star restaurant, at least that I've only been to two true Michelin star restaurants, but there's, there's, like, an air of, like, pretentiousness, and you almost just lose, like, the personal touch. And... I wouldn't want that. I would want the personal touch with the level of food that comes out of a Michelin star restaurant.
0: So you would do Bruto 2.0? Yeah. Not not a nacho.
1: I mean, that's my retirement. Yeah. Nacho Mama is my (laughs) retirement. It's a nacho restaurant opened up in college towns. Um, Connor
0: is a nacho connoisseur, honestly. I am. It's
1: the most underappreciated food in the world. It oh is my
0: gosh. okay. Well, we're gonna stop talking about food. Um, our podcast today. Um, I'm excited about it. I feel you've been talking about this quite a bit lately. Yes, I feel I like have. this is a question you probably get often.
1: I get it a lot. Yeah. I get a lot of people asking me this, especially after young adults. Um, yeah, yep, yep.
0: Yeah, between Connor runs our internship program here at the church, and then obviously is our young adults pastor on Thursday nights. Um, and does a lot of our teaching on Thursdays. And so we wanted to kind of explore this question of how to know if you are called to preach. Yes. Because um, I think a lot of times that question, you, anyway, you get that question a lot. And yeah. So you shared some thoughts on it recently and they were great. And so we're going to dive into that a little bit.
1: Yeah, talk that out. I think, yeah, I get, I don't want to say it's not my most ask question. A lot of them have to do with like relationships or how do I know if God's calling me to do this or do that. I do get a lot of questions about preaching. Hey, um, well, okay. Sometimes I get questions about preaching. A lot of times I get somebody that's like, hey, I've got a message. When can I preach on Thursday? Oh gosh. And the answer to that is never. Yeah. (laughs) And let me tell you why. If any pastor gives a total stranger their pulpit, that person should be fired.
0: Yeah, irresponsible
1: there you have a you have a call as a pastor to shepherd a flock and you need um, what am I trying to say? you need some type of level of accountability. you need to know this person. you need to know their heart, you need to know their theology. They need to be invested in your ministry. they need to be serving, attending bought in before you ever even let somebody do announcements. So wow. if you feel like you've got a call to preach on your life and you even feel like God's given you like some messages, never approach a pastor and tell them, when can I preach? I've got this message. Cause that to me is a red flag where I'm like always, not always suspicious of somebody, but I'm yeah. I'm going to be hesitant moving forward because one that's a conversation that you need to have, like developed through familiarity and camaraderie, and, and what am I trying like relationship yeah. with your pastor? Um, yeah, no pastor that is in their right mind should ever hand a stranger a microphone, especially if they're more than just like a preacher. They're a pastor. They're like shepherding a, a flock. And so I do get asked, "Hey, when can I preach a lot?" <laughs> and I always respond with, "Where do you serve?" And normally the answer is nowhere. Um, And then I do, though, from like a genuine great, great heart from people who I think are wrestling with calls on their life, I do get asked like, hey, how do I know if I'm called to preach? How do I know? I feel like I've got messages. I feel like um, God speaks to me that way. The thought of it is exciting to me. How do I know if that's a genuine like call on my life? Mm -hmm. Or how do I know if that's just me like, I don't know, feeling that passion, but it's not like a sustained calling. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Do you feel like there was a moment in your, because obviously you're a pastor, you're a teacher, you've been doing it for a while. I would argue to say you're pretty good at it.
1: but I feel awkward. I I don't know what button to push.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Connor is actually allergic to compliments. How did you know, did you have like a moment where you felt like the clouds parted and the heavens opened and you were like called into teaching?
1: Not really. Like, yeah, I mean, I guess yes and no. I guess I always, I always had like a thought. I Like, this might sound arrogant and I don't mean it to, but like sitting in church when pastors were preaching, I was like, oh, I feel like I could do that. I feel mm-hmm. like I want to do that, yeah. I guess, more than can, but like I want to do that. Um. But I never had like a, a cloud parting moment. Mm-hmm. It was affirmed in me, which I don't want to, like, get ahead of ourselves a little bit. Right. But I did have, like, a college professor, like, say, like, hey, um, you're, you're good at this and in one of my classes. Um, like, you should pursue this more. You should, you should like think about doing this more and like Mm -hmm. get better at it and stuff like that. But I never had this moment where I felt like God was like, you are called to preach. I still, there's times where I still don't feel that way. I'm like, I don't know. I could do this for now and then not do it for the rest of my life. Like I have no, I have no idea. Um, But I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm good at it. I feel like I enjoy it. I feel like I love getting better at it. I love Mm -hmm. learning about communication. I love growing. I love studying the Bible Um, and so I feel like my desires and my gifts align with what is asked of it. Yeah. Um, but I can never tell anybody if they're called to preach or not, but the whole sort of Genesis of this was I got asked, I got asked about it and I just kind of had this thought unravel. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think anybody can be the voice of God in anyone's life in the sense of like, you're called to do this or you're not, but I do think there are like some trends Mm-hmm. Um, where you can see like in people's lives that might say, yes, okay, you're like yeah. called to preach. What would that you was s- a very long-winded way of like <laughs> going about Being that. like,
0: no, I did not hear the audible voice of God yeah. tell me to preach. What would you say is like the first thing to like, as like the first litmus test as to like whether or not you might have that calling on your life?
1: I think passion and interest. I think mm-hmm. passion and interest. I think so often... Um, we hear these stories of pastors that are like, "I was so scared to speak in front of people, and man, I would get like sick to my stomach, and I, I just have stage fright." But God told me to do it, and I'm gonna do it, dude. They're like the one percent. I yeah. like I like I'm not saying you never get nervous. I'm not saying you never um, have doubt or there's not like an, a fear or an intimidation. But I like speaking in front of people. I look Mm -hmm. forward to it. Yeah. Uh, Sure, I get nervous, but it doesn't freak me out. And I think that there's almost this weird narrative that if you're called to something, you almost don't want to do it or you're not going to be good at it and you have to like reluctantly do it. Yeah,
0: like a false humility. Yeah,
1: I think if you're called to preach, you will to some degree get energy from it and it won't be stealing energy from you. Yeah. You'll always be nervous, but you're not going to be like so sick to your stomach that you're going to pass out on the floor because <laughs> you you just don't know what to do. Like my wife, for example, I've always asked my wife to preach and like legitimately, even when she does announcements, and I know it, it's kind of funny, but like she will like the day of or the night before, like she feels like sick to her stomach. Like she she does not want to do it. She doesn't want to yeah. speak in front of people. Um, and so I think like... The easiest way to even start to discern is like, do you have a passion to do this? Is there an actual desire there to to speak in front of people? Now, there's another passion that needs to fall in place, and that's not just to speak or like quote-unquote perform, but you have to have a passion to study the Bible. Uh, Like go be an Instagram positive mindset influencer if you don't want to study the Bible or whatever that is like. You know, I don't believe Life in coach. new age spirituality, but like go give people positive mantras or yeah. something like that. But like if you're going to be a pastor, a preacher, you have to be a studier. It's it so is, good. And and I've been reading through James, ironically, like every morning I read the book of James for the past like week. And it talks about how people who are pastors, shepherds, which in our context, in our generation that would fall into preachers should... Like not desire that too much because they're gonna be judged more harshly. Yeah. So like if you're teaching someone the Bible, there is not just gonna be like an account on your life, but like an account on your teaching. Yeah. And so it's not just about like making things sound good or using all the same letters or like cool illustrations. (laughs) Like you will be held accountable for what you give to people Mm -hmm. as spiritual food quote unquote like delivered to help a congregation grow
0: yeah that's so good A uh, pastor i really admire who has had a long-standing ministry um frank damasio he recently said it like this he's like there's preachers out there who are super dynamic and have a lot of personality and might be able to like talk in front of people and even want to and he's like but at the end of the day you can either get more of you into somebody or you get more bible into somebody and like a room is going to be a 100 times better off if they get, like, more Bible into them at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, you have to actually, like, want to study and to, like, have a passion for that. Yeah. To, like, share God's Word more than to, like, share yourself. Yeah. You know?
1: I mean, yeah, good preaching is where, like, the art of communicating and Mm -hmm. the art of study comes together in a unified message. That's good. I love learning about communicating tactics. Mm-hmm. Like even today, I was I, I love telling stories and I w- I'm listening to a book, um, and like an audio book, and it was talking about psychologically, the human brain is meant for narrative, for story. And mm-hmm. one of the first things your brain does when it's trying to comprehend a concept, be it learning something new, dealing with trauma, whatever, it tries to create a narrative, a story around it, to help you understand it. That's why you can probably recite the narrative of the Three Little Pigs yeah. way more than you can probably recite a sermon from a month ago. Right. Because, I mean, Three Little Pigs, famous, whatever, but like, it's the narrative, it's a story. Mm-hmm. Your brain just latches onto it way easier than it does, like, teaching style, like points or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, I'm not really sure where I was going with that, or why we started talking about that. About but.
0: how it, like, it's so much about like marrying the two. Oh yeah, like the art of God's communicating word, yeah.
1: meets the art of studying. But yeah, if you're just a good communicator but you don't study, you've got nothing to say. The right. Bible says that it's God's word that doesn't return void. So my yeah. my um, alliteration will return void. My examples, <laughs> my whatever will return void. But God's word doesn't return void. So how do you marry? The art of communicating well with the eternal word that can change people. I think those people that master those two things, because mm-hmm. um, there's people that know the Bible too super well, but they suck at communicating, and right. so you fall asleep whenever they they talk because <laughs> yeah. they don't they haven't mastered that craft. But yeah. I think we have a generation that's obsessed with the craft and not the content of the yeah. craft, and that isn't going to lead anybody anywhere right. anytime soon. Yeah,
0: if you don't have a passion. To study the Bible, yeah, and God's Word, then you probably might not have a call to share it, yeah, if you don't want to study it. So
1: yeah, and I'm I'm talking like study, I like yeah. investing money. Like I've invested thousands of dollars into my Logos account. Um, yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, I'm not talking about like Google and stuff, which <laughs> Google's great and can get you started somewhere. But like I'm talking beyond Matthew Henry. I'm talking, about, like, you are, like, and nothing wrong with Matthew Henry, but, like, like you are invested in the study, yeah. not just the, hey, can I find something to support this thought that I had. Like, right. you are a student of the Bible, and your epiphanies come from the time spent with God, his word, and then digging through and trying to understand everything that it's trying to, like, say to you and tell you. So Yeah.
0: That's another thing you wrote about having a passion it was not only a passion – to study, but feeling passionate about a message that you said feels like God has like put on your soul. Yeah. Talk more
1: about that. <laughs> well, no, like so <laughs> a lot of pastors and preachers that I know have a theme. Mm-hmm. Like if I say Judas Smith, you probably think grace. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like if I say John Piper, <laughs> you probably think condemnation. Yeah. No, no <laughs> I'm totally kidding. Yeah. Like or like like. Re- Like repentance repentance, or um, every pastor just kind of has like a theme. Like for me, I feel like for whatever reason, what I'm drawn to, what naturally speaks to me is like faith, like Mm -hmm. God asking you to take steps greater and bigger than what you feel capable of in your own life. Like I I deal with imposter syndrome all the time. And I feel like God's narrative to me is like, if I'm asking you to step out, look beyond yourself Mm -hmm. There's more like inside of you and like what what I want to do like through you than you can do like on your own. And so that capacity of just believing God to do bigger, I feel like is a narrative in my life. But like most people I know, and this doesn't have to be, like you do have to be well-rounded. You can't just talk on one subject forever. People will never grow in other areas. Mm -hmm. But like there is normally a thematic bent to like your life. And a lot of it, sometimes it might come through tragedy, it might come through a miracle you've experienced. Like Manny Arango talks a lot about faith because he couldn't have a baby and then Mm -hmm. they miraculously like had a baby. And so um, a lot of it comes from maybe a situation or situations in your life, but you tend to um, also have just like a theme that God constantly like speaks through you and to you like through. So it doesn't have to be that way, um, but I, I, I feel like I see that often. In certain pastors. Yeah. So.
0: um, No, that's so good. And it's like, you can definitely see that over different pre- preachers' lives. Like yeah. when you listen to the Communicate, I think that our congregation would probably be able to like hear that overall message in your messages, um, just because that's like the word that God has given you. And so we talked about that, a passion to study. We talked about um, feeling like you have a message on your heart yeah, we talked about having the ability, like feeling like you can talk in front of people you are okay with talking in front of yeah. people. yeah, I think um, a lot
1: of people overlook that. And like yeah. I said, there's always that story of the pastor that's like, I could never speak, but God told me to. and and now I do. And it's like, yeah, you're the one percent. Like right. most people that I know who preach are always good in front of people. Yeah, doesn't mean that they're like extroverted. But they're mm-hmm. always, whenever they're put in a situation to be in front of people, they tend to come alive, and they can yeah. handle it pretty right. well. So, and that's
0: not to say that, like, you can't get better at that. No, everybody. right? Like, there's nerves at the beginning. Yeah, think stuff. of your
1: best. Like, here's something that I found interesting. One of my favorite pastors talks about how he can, he can he's teaching people how to communicate now, but for the longest time, he was studying, learning. He still does, like, um, how to communicate from amazing communicators, like, Personal growth and growing in an area doesn't stop if you're good at something. Mm -hmm. It you should wanna grow no matter what. And so think of your favorite pastor or communicator, like they should be learning to grow. You know, they should be trying to get better. Why not? You're never gonna arrive at this. Never gonna arrive. (laughs) Because
0: here's the thing, if you're preaching God's word, if you're studying God's word and you're choosing to do that, like you're always gonna know in part, there's always gonna be more. Yeah, to develop, and, and that's with every
1: gift. That's not just yeah. with preaching. Like, if you're hospitable, like, mm-hmm. and you love having people over, like, you're gonna want to do that. You're gonna want to get better at it. You're gonna want to learn how to host people to make them feel the most welcome, the yeah. most relaxed. Like, every situation is gonna be a little different, so you're gonna have to figure that out. Like, every gift demands a lifelong dedication to learning and growing, not yeah. just speaking. But this is one that a lot of people have questions about. So, mm-hmm. um. What did we say? You have a passion to study, to speak, and then you have the ability. Mm-hmm. Um, you can talk. You can talk in <laughs> front of people. You can talk in front of people. You
0: mentioned this one earlier um, in your own story, and I, I love this one because um, I think this is like a really good – another really good litmus test is you've been affirmed in this gift.
1: Yeah. I think this is super important. Yeah. Do people genuinely affirm you in this? Um, Do they recognize this gift on your life? Mm -hmm. Affirming this might actually not be the best way to say it because there are people in my life and people that I know who've like been given opportunities to speak and to preach. And then whenever they want feedback, you're not trying to dog them. You know, they're like, hey, did I do a good job? And you're like, yeah, you did a great job. You know, like, do I think that you should do this the rest of your life? Probably not. But like (laughs) for this moment, like this, that was great. So I think like if you're going to speak and you're going to communicate, people should recognize and call this gift out of you, not just tell you you did a good job when you get opportunity to.
0: Right. Because
1: yeah, like unless you open yourself up for it, for true, true, honest feedback, nobody's going to come in crushing your soul. You know what I mean? Like everybody's going to be kind. Everybody's going to affirm like you did a good job. Nobody's going to be like, you suck. Like that message doesn't help anybody. Like, you know, (laughs) like,
0: and that's the difference, right? Like if you actually felt like this was a call in your life, then you would want that and welcome it because you want to get better Yes, versus like just wanting to be affirmed and receive praise. Then that is like a different thing.
1: Now, feedback is always tough to hear sometimes. So I'm not saying that if you're called to preach and somebody critiques your message, um, it's not going to like hurt a little bit. Of course, right. you put your heart and your soul into this.
0: Yeah, it's so personal.
1: Yeah, but I think more than anything, people need to like see this, recognize this in you and call it out of you. Yeah. Um, Because I think that that so many times people want to do this and they can do like a good job like on a one-off, but have people in your life and truly have people that do this see mm-hmm. this and call this out of you yeah. and like see it in you. It's one thing for your grandma who never thinks you do anything <laughs> wrong to say you should be preaching. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, but when your pastor or right. your youth pastor or your young adult pastor yeah. or your worship leader or who, somebody who has a level of authority when it comes to this mm-hmm. is calling something out of you. I think that's a good sign to like look for rather than looking for feedback. Cause unless you're just a total jerk you're going to give good feedback. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So, yeah, I think, like, if you're called to this, people will call it out of you. Yeah. And not just, like, tell you, hey, like, I did, you did a good job or something like right. that. So,
0: Yeah. And, like, trust that. Trust that people that have been doing it for a while and pastors that you respect, pastors that you, like, enjoy learning from, like, have the discernment to kind of, like, call that out. Yeah. And trust it and like if you it is something you really want to grow in or you really feel passionate about then welcome. Yeah. Welcome the feedback no yeah. matter how brutal.
1: And ask for feedback. Yeah. Huge. Because there are messages that I give that I walk off knowing 10, 10 things that I could have done better. <laughs> um and and so like if you are called to do this, you will lose an air of like pride that every mm-hmm. message you give is great, is perfect, right. the Holy Spirit moved and Everybody got saved. Like, I walk off stage, not self-critical, but like as as somebody who's a student of communication, a mm-hmm. student of the Bible, knowing there are things that I could do better. And then I want to have people that do this for a living who are ahead of me, look at it and speak into me to help me get better at yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. So. It's huge. Yeah.
0: Um, another thing you mentioned in this is you've been given opportunity by that yes. trusted leadership.
1: This is number one for me. Yeah. Um, I Like, not number one, but Instagram and social media have created rogue preachers. <laughs> 100%. Um, and what I mean by that is not that you doing an Instagram Live or you preaching on your stories or something is bad, mm-hmm. but every gift comes under a covering. Every gift comes under oversight. It like a gift is meant for like the building up of the body. Mm-hmm. Um, and there it's really easy to feel like you have a gift that somebody's not recognizing. Okay, well, I'm just gonna go do my own thing. Cool, like that's okay. But a true gift is is given opportunity by trusted leadership. Yeah. Like there are so many young adults,, uh, so many young Christians kind of in this like Instagram influencer space that I know of that don't serve at a local church, aren't super invested. their pastors have never given them opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so they're just like, whatever, I'm gonna do my own thing yeah. anyway. And they're traveling around like speaking in other churches. Do I think that's sinful? Do I think that's bad? No. Like, I'm not saying that's sinful, right. But it's harder to have your pastor validate that in your life. Yeah. Because there's only so many weekends. There's only so many opportunities. Yeah. And so when your pastor is giving you your their stamp of approval, it's showing me that, one, you're willing to submit to a level of leadership in your giftings, which is important. And then, two, your your gift is being used to build up a local body hand-in-hand hand with other people. It's not just yeah. – for your platform or your right. ministry or your Instagram following so or whatever. Like if you're not given a microphone at a local church, it makes me weary. I I, re- I will very rarely, honestly, maybe never ask somebody who is not trusted by their leadership yeah. to come speak at Young so Adults. I do local Everybody that I ask to come is under some type of leadership, yeah. um, under some type of oversight. And yeah. they, again, affirm that gift in this person <laughs> to do this. yeah, You know, I mean, I get DMS all the time from random people who like our Instagram preachers that like, I'd love to yeah. come in young adults one day. And I'm like, that's great. I'll never have you because you're, you're not submitted to a local church, a yeah. local pastor. And if your pastor doesn't trust you, why would I trust you with right. my people? Right. You know what I mean? That's like, so good. That, I, that I'm called to oversee for, I say my people, like <laughs> the people that God has called me to yeah. oversee for a season of my life. Right. Not my people, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like why would I trust you if yeah. your local pastor has not given you that your their stamp? You yeah. know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. I think there's, there is so much of that in today's age too with social media, like you mentioned. Even like I see, I'll be scrolling, and I'll see people be like, stop like God just gave me this revelation or whatever. And I think you actually have been working on a, a preaching class that you've shared here and there with our staff, but something you mentioned, I think so going back to everything you just said, I think so much of that is like rooted in pride, obviously. Um, and like, there's a, there's a level of that that you have to die to if you're going to be subjecting yourself to being in a pulpit and on a platform. Yeah. Um, You got to die to pride, but, there's something you say in one of your preaching classes that you've shared with interns and our staff um, about uh, if you're the only person, if if you realize what I'm talking about, tell say it in your words, but it's like if you're the first person to ever like have this revelation, like ever in the world, like out of every theologian, then I would probably like check that.
1: Yeah, you're probably wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And
0: I feel like that's what I see a lot of on Instagram is people being like, "I have never heard a pastor preach on this ever. God just gave me this revelation. I've never seen this before. You need to listen you to this." You probably never
1: open the commentary either. <laughs> like, and here's the thing, it's not that you can't have original thoughts.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: But the Bible is the Bible right. and will be the Bible. Mm-hmm. And and like there is a right and wrong way to read and interpret the Bible. Yes. Now, Where originality comes in is how you see an eternal truth through your personal lens. Yeah, and
0: your experience. Yes,
1: but if you're seeing scripture that hundreds of thousands of faithful Christians, millions of Christians throughout history have read and have never seen it in that light and have never viewed it in that light, and now you're the first one Joseph Smith-style on golden tablets out (laughs) in the woods that God's (laughs) spoken to.
0: Yeah, I'd be worried. You
1: didn't get a revelation. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I think that like I think that there there is just a level of accountability. And here's what's tough. On every test that I ever take on my personality, autonomy is my highest. Yeah. And this is a bad trait. This is something that I have to work on. I hate submitting to leadership. <laughs> I do. I do. I, I like, yeah. I, I want to be in Don't charge like
0: to be told what to do. Yeah. And, and it's where your daughter gets it from. Yeah.
1: And I think that's a, something that God's given me to use one day. But I also think it's something that God's given me to steward in a way to humbly submit myself. Yeah to leadership. And we just see so many young adults who have this gift or want to have this gift. And their first Mm -hmm. thing is like, well, if leadership doesn't see it in me, I'm going to make it happen myself. That is wrong. That is not blessed. Like I'm going to say that that's a strong statement, but like if you are, if you have not been put in charge of stewarding and pastoring your own church, Mm -hmm. and even then you need a board of elders and oversight, Mm -hmm. but like, You're the most, what I believe is the most blessed preaching and communicating is when it falls under the right authority for the building up of a local church. And then Mm -hmm. for some people, God has given an evangelical, like evangelistic style gift to where their message is, their gifting is affirmed by a local congregation. Mm -hmm. And then God sends them out to other churches to help build up, help out. Like I think about Manny, like Mm -hmm. was faithfully under the leadership of his church in North Carolina for the yeah. longest time. I think he's in Dallas right now. And even then subject to the leadership yeah. of that church, they affirm that gift in his life and he goes around to other churches right. and preaches. Like yeah. I just think that the I question the motives hardcore mm-hmm. when your pastor, your youth pastor, your young adult pastor doesn't affirm that in your life and give you opportunity for it. Right. Um, Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think there there is like the the balancing statements. I know that like sometimes you can feel like you've had a call and people have spoken that into you, like trusted people. But maybe the place that you're at, people are like, I just don't know. I just don't see that. I know that you've had experience with that. And I think the best thing is like if you if maybe you're in a position you're like, no, I really feel like I have this call. I do have a passion to study God's word. Like I do, feel like I'm comfortable. I feel like I've I've prayed about this, but the the opportunity and maybe the leadership. Um, I think the best thing you can do, and you can speak to this, Mark, because it was more your experience. I know that there was like a season where you didn't preach for a while. Yeah, you felt like that was a calling on your life. Man, humble yourself. <laughs> Like it's such an opportunity to like prepare yourself for when maybe one day you do get the opportunity and there is leadership that's like, okay, now I see this or now here's an opportunity rather than to do what you were just saying and be like, fine, I'm going to go find somewhere else that affirms this gift in me or like an opportunity to build my platform and share my message. Man, humble yourself. Yeah. (laughs) Because it'll make, that'll be like when the time comes and maybe the opportunity presents itself, it doesn't crush you.
1: Yeah. I mean... Because at the end of the day, what are you here to do? Preach or like serve people? Yeah. Are you here to preach or are you here to build up like God's house? Because they don't have to be different. Yeah. Um, but if you're serving in a place where you're not afforded that opportunity and that's the opportunity you want, that's the only thing you want, mm-hmm. that sounds self-serving to me. Yeah. Now, again, I'm not the voice of God in your life. Maybe <laughs> you feel like you're you're serving at a church. You feel called to preach. Nobody sees that or affirms that. Mm-hmm. But you want to go to another church where they might give opportunity. Great. That's between you and God, not mm-hmm. between you and me. But I, the best pastors and preachers are ones who have leadership, Trust them. They're under a covering, under an umbrella, not just their friends, not just their family affirms it, but leaders who do this, pastors who speak and preach give you opportunity at their church. I think that is so – there's no bigger stamp of approval than a pastor who's willing to hand you a mic if this is your gift because it's not – they're entrusting you with hearing from God and speaking – To their congregation, Mm -hmm. Um, and that is that's weighty. That's important. Um, And so, if if you and here's the thing, maybe you feel called to preach and you don't have that opportunity, but you want it. Talk to leadership. Yeah. Don't go rogue and start (laughs) your own Instagram preaching. Like there's too many. There's too much of that already. Like, but but like, go to your leadership. Be like, hey, I feel like I have this call. Can I be developed? Yeah. I feel like I have this. Can I start having opportunity? Can I meet with you? Can we talk about sermon prep? Can we talk about where you get ideas? Mm-hmm. Could I maybe try to do that? There's nothing wrong with asking. Right. Asking is not bad. They can say no, mm-hmm. especially if you're plugged in, you're a volunteer, you work on staff, you are a part of this church. If you're just a stranger, don't go up to a pastor and say, <laughs> I want to preach. Right. Like You need to be invested in that ministry because mm-hmm. preaching is investing in people. And if you're not invested with your time already, why would I trust you to invest with your words? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like. That's good. But like ask for it if if you feel like it. there's nothing wrong with that at all just mm-hmm. be okay with the answer and be okay with being developed yeah you know what i mean so yeah,
0: that's huge yeah that's good any final thoughts i mean on fi- this
1: calling of preaching final thoughts i i kind of posted about this preaching is one gift out of yeah. many like i i can't remember where i think it was on my sub stack i talked about how the bible talks about prophecy serving teaching generosity hospitality apostleship miracles healing help Um, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12 goes through a list of all these different types of giftings Mm -hmm. for the church. Preaching is one of them. And I think that preaching gets a lot of clout because we live in a generation where we have, quote-unquote, like celebrity preachers. And so we assume that if you want to work in ministry, if you feel called to ministry, that means you're going to preach in front of hundreds and thousands of people. (laughs) That's not that is one of many, many gifts. gifts yeah. And the Bible talks about how we need all the gifts to yeah. function correctly and properly. Mm-hmm. Um so I would just say that if preaching is something that you feel called to that you desire that's great. Like um, use this podcast use use my Substack. whatever is like um, a very loose outline of how mm-hmm. to know if you're called how to get better whatever but it's not the voice of God I'm not Jesus I'm not going to tell you whether you are or not um, but just know too that if you're not called to preach that's great because a preacher probably can't serve like you can a yeah. preacher probably can't be hospitable like you can right. or maybe they can't work healing or miracles or help like you can mm-hmm. like we need everyone if we're going to be the full picture of what God like envisioned his church to be. Yeah, so that would so be my closing thoughts. What about you?
0: That's great. I love it. Um, I think it's like as a young person coming into ministry, this would have been so helpful for me because I think coming in, I had no idea coming into my internship what it was going to look like. I was like, I know I'm supposed to do this. I have no idea what church people do and church workers do. And so, man, if you are feeling a call into that, I would definitely or you know someone who is, share this. I think it's valuable information. Um, and, yeah, I love what you said about, like, you are forever a student to God's Word. Yeah. That is, like, my favorite part. That is what the commitment to preaching or the call, that is the commitment that the call to preaching has on it. And so that's great. Thanks for sharing your thoughts.
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> uh, we got no young adults this week.
1: No why? Boo.
0: We don't have young adults for two weeks, actually, until our... Big fall launch extravaganza on the 31st of August.
1: August 31st. We're having some guest speakers, Um, a guest speaker, not some (laughs) guest speaker. We're having four messages that (laughs) night. Come
0: prepared. We got lots of stuff planned.
1: Yeah, it's going to be super, super cool. So we've got somebody who I have been looking up to and just kind of admiring from afar. Yeah, Um, Love his church. I love his messages. I love the way he communicates. I feel like it's going to be super super relatable to mm-hmm. our age demographic, our crowd. And so we're starting a new series, um the yeah. things holding you back. I'm not going to talk about exactly what is all encapsulated in mm-hmm. that. You have to come to find out, but I promise you this, if you feel like there is something else out there and you just can't seem to like get it, like whether you feel like maybe you're stagnant in your faith or you mm-hmm. feel like Man, God's got something for you, but you just don't know how to step into it. This series is basically like how to get rid of things that hold us back to step into like the fullness of what God has called us into, vocationally, relationally, spiritually, whatever that is. Yeah, um, it's going to be a great series. Yeah, and I'm excited. It's leading up to our retreats. Womp
0: womp. Yeah. Best weekend of the year. September
1: 29th or October 1st. We just officially released our dates and our tickets. tickets. So if you're listening to this, you can buy retreat tickets at redrocksya.com slash retreat.
0: That's correct. Redrocksya.com slash retreat. Yeah, tickets
1: are live. They're on sale.
0: Yep. There's all sorts of info on there about what retreat is, what it'll look like, all that good stuff. So if you've never been before, head to that page. All the FAQs are there. Um, And if you've never been before, you need to go.
1: You need to sign up. It It is is the best weekend of your life.
0: Yes, it's incredible. Um, So that's what we got coming up, the pipeline for YA. Is there anything else?
1: I think that's it. August 31st is our fall launch, so we have two weeks off. Um, We come back August 31st, and our retreat is September 29th or October 1st, and tickets are available.
0: Yeah, as usual, you can always join us on a campus on the weekends. At any of our Denver-based location. Or if you're in Austin, head to our Austin campus. Or if Show you're in Brussels.
1: Somewhere. Yeah, if you're in if Brussels. You're in Belgium.
0: If you're in Brussels, shout us out. Because yeah. we want to know. But
1: Tag us in the post because <laughs> we, we love you Belgians over there.
0: <laughs> uh, join us on the weekend. We're in a series right now called Pendulum. It's been super great.
1: It's awesome.
0: Um, but we will see you guys when we see you. All
1: right. Peace out. Bye.